G'day humans, what's a good word? Chris Funder here with Alex Hurry Williams for episode number 68. You are correct, 68, one away from the magic number. Yeah, 70. <laughs> <laughs> I see you know your maths, sir. I see you know your maths well. Yeah, um, another edition of Fallout Down Under. Alex, you got to choose the Aussie show this month. Uh, care to explain what it is and why you chose it? Uh, it is Underworld Wrestling, and explaining what it is is quite difficult. Um, underworld Wrestling uh, it is something different. <laughs> It's not just your regular sort of indie Australian promotion. Uh, I think it's like there's a 10-minute time limit. Matches can be won by pinfall, submission, or knockout. You get points for each thing, so it's a point for a pinfall or a 20-second countout. Two points for a submission or knockout, and zero points for a disqualification or draw of any kind, and... You get, you accumulate points and, oh, you've brought up a list here. There's things illegal as well. Uh, ring tampering would be a really fun thing to get into if someone, you know, just loosened up a rope or something for a guy that uses the ropes a lot. That's an angle they could do, actually. Uh, yeah, use, indeed. Yeah, use of weapons and biting, also illegal. You accumulate points, and I believe for the women, if you get four points, you can cash those points in for a title shot. And if you're in the men's division, you can cash in your eight points for a title shot against the men's champion. And, yeah, there's a 10-minute time limit, and after the 10 minutes are up, the floodgates open and someone else can enter the match. Um, I just wanted to have a little chat about this show because, man, it's just, it's different. And, you know, you watch as much wrestling as us. Like, sometimes it's nice to see something completely different. Yeah, absolutely. I remember watching episode one about the time when it first got put on youtube yeah um i don't remember ever going back and watching episode two though yeah I, i've watched the whole thing um and i'm pretty tempted to continue on watching from episode three but i might save it for another day <laughs> Ooh, fair enough oh boy um yeah, so this is like the first uh, like Aussie independent company that's out on a major international service, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I'm not too sure what he was referencing, but at some point in these two episodes, Gino Gambino references a $10,000 grant that the, this company got to produce their shows. So I'm assuming... It was Amazon, if not maybe like a Film Victoria sort of grant. Um, yeah, so they got the go-ahead and they got to go on Amazon Prime, which is huge. Um, 
Yeah, there's actually quite a lot of wrestling on Amazon Prime. Like, there's a ridiculous amount of wrestling documentaries on Amazon Prime. So, yeah, it's good to have this added to the mix and, yeah, give some exposure to some Aussie guys. Yeah, absolutely. And Um, Gal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Oh, man. Um, So, with that being said, have you ever gone back and looked... Because this... um, this was all set up through Kickstarter. Did you ever donate to Kickstarter when this first started? No, I don't think I was uh, heavily following the scene at that point. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. So by the time this came out, I sort of just started heavily getting into the scene. Yeah, so I'd end up having... 252 backers who pledged a total of $9,392 to help uh, start the end of all things with Underworld Wrestling. So there you go. That's probably the 10 grand Gino was talking about. Yeah. So you got different little um, rewards and that for pledging, much like um, any Kickstarter or Patreon. Um, Yeah, it's just sort of weird to see where this sort of started and uh how much fan support it did have yeah um also like the roster of people they use here isn't the sort of roster you sort of see frequent like the more popular australian independents like like companies like mcw pwa and like you know epw rod city all that like, the guys frequenting Underworld Wrestling aren't really the guys and gals that are in those pr- popular promotions, at least at the time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so it's sort of um, built up as this secret underground fight club sort of organisation that's now open to the public with um, broadcasting events to Amazon Prime, so it's supposed to have this big backstory right from episode one that this has been going on for a long long time um what did you make of that um before we start talking about episode one that this has already been going on for a while yeah i was a bit confused the first time i watched it because i didn't realize it hadn't been going on for a while so i was like oh okay so they brought in these people they've got the their records already okay and then (laughs) You know, us. this was one of the first Aussie sort of indie wrestling shows I really dived into when I was starting to discover it all. And I started Google searching some guys, and I was like, oh, they're talking about uh, Simon Oath's dad, Ken Oath, being a legend of Melbourne wrestling. So I started Googling him, and it was like, nothing. Can't find anything. <laughs> oh, okay. Th- okay, this is... Uh, this is Australia's Lucha Underground. I get it. <laughs> yeah, which is why I always reference underground wrestling by mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- this is... It's an interesting concept. You know, everyone coming in with fixed records and all that sort of stuff. Uh, 
yeah, not doing the usual fanfare of crowning an inaugural champion, just having a champion already and saying he's been champ for two years. Like, why not? Yeah. Yeah, completely thinking outside the box there. Um, should we talk about some of the figureheads behind Underworld Wrestling or should we talk about the episodes first and then talk about that? Uh, let's talk about the fi- the figureheads. Let's talk about the honchos behind it all. Yeah, so listed on our Kickstarter as who is running Underworld is Lord Mark Williamson. Do, do you want to read uh, exactly how they describe Lord Mark Williamson there in that first sentence? You can if you want, kind sir. Yeah. <laughs> Underworld Wrestling led by the psychotic Lord Mark Williamson. Underworld Wrestling has conquered and over... Uh, Underworld Wrestling was conquered and overran by the insidious claw for one reason and one reason only to create the stage for this, for their uprising and to win the prestigious Underworld uh, Underground Wrestling Championships. That should say Underworld, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, that's, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, so you're not alone in getting confused with everyone then with uh, Lucha Underground. Yeah, it would appear even the uh, the head hunter himself, Lord Mark Williamson here, got confused. There's definitely some Dario Cueto vibes with Lord Mark Williamson. <laughs> yes. Um, some of the other wrestlers here like uh jxt oh who's that <laughs> uh avery and of course uh slade mercer a big uh sort of someone who doesn't really wrestle that much on what as you said before the bigger three the bigger four but around this time was a big name on the victorian scene yeah like a guy like Slade Mercer is sort of what I had in mind when I was talking about that because, like, this is a big dude. Like, I've seen him live once and he was just towering over anyone that was near him. Um, and he's just got a presence to him. Um, sort of guy that should be getting booked in all the big promotions or, you know, signing a major contract, to be honest. Like, obviously, I'm biased about JXT, so we don't need to delve into that. We've gone there a million times. But, yeah, guys like Slade Mercer or, like, or your Sid Parkers and Yerika Reeds and, you know, even your Carlo Cannons, like, people that aren't getting regular bookings in the big, big uh, Australian indie promotions, at least the ones everyone talks about. But... These are guys that are just absolute megastars ready to break through to the next level. Yeah, I 100% agree there. Um, we already touched over some of the rules. Championship point system there as well. Yeah, so they have here the uh, creative team, if you will. Oh, okay. Um, some dude wearing Macho Man glasses. Yeah. Uh, Lord Mark Williamson, 
and Justine as well as Andy Coyne. Yeah, uh, Justine gets a few uh, mentions on the show by Gino. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So over thirty, over the thirty-day funding period, they raised nearly ten grand. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I suppose from there, should we move into the events themselves? Yeah, we should. We really should, because I have some thoughts. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I suppose let's get down to it. Uh, commentary for both nights is Lord Andy Coyne, who also does ring announcing, and joined at the desk by Muhammad Ali Vaez. What did you think of this commentary duo? I thought they were fantastic. Um, I have one gripe about Lord, uh, about Lord Andy Coyne, and that is I think he should just be either a commentator or a ring announcer, not both, because there's just this awkward period where either nothing gets said on commentary as he's making his way back to the commentary table, or the heel, like, quote-unquote, colour commentator just completely runs roughshod while the voice of reason isn't away, uh, is away. So I honestly think, like, either, like, pick one or the other for him to do, or just let him ring announce from the commentary table. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. Um I really enjoyed Muhammad Ali Baez. I've seen him wrestle a couple of times as well. Um, as have I, yeah. As <laughs> I've seen him wrestle um, at Outback Championship Wrestling the night that me and a uh, friend of the show, Warwick Thompson, went to watch uh, Mad Dog versus Drew Galloway, the future and former, I guess, Drew McIntyre. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. And he also yeah. used to have his own, uh, this is Muhammad Ali, Baez used to have his own podcast series on, you know the one I mean, Toddy's Network. Um, Wrestle Radio Australia? Yeah, on Wrestle Radio Australia. Yeah, um, I actually listened to his podcast a couple of times and he's got a very, like, soothing tone to his podcast. It's really good. Um, so that's not around anymore, I take it. Um. No, it hasn't been for a number of years since it's just become yeah. the um the lone uh episode release. They've shrunken their network. Yeah. But uh yeah, you can still go get most of those in the um Wrestle Radio Australia archives. But from there, episode one, the fifteenth of June twenty eighteen, starts off with JXT arriving at the building, angry that he's late, hasn't been told that he's going on first and getting lost trying to get to the locker room gets a lot of funny looks when he arrives in the locker room as well yeah <laughs> yeah i think like, that m might have been a little uh not in a wink about all the times he's gotten a lot of heat backstage <laughs> oh man uh opening contest was jxt on zero points versus the beach bum buddha jackson kelly on four points and Jackson Kelly defeats JXT via knockout to gain two more points. What did you yeah. think of the opening match here? 
I thought Jackson Kelly is so good. Oh, I love the gimmick. He's basically that guy from The Simpsons when they come to Australia. <laughs> he yes. has to kick Bart up the bum. He's got the giant boot on his foot. Oh, don't worry. It's just a little kick up the bum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I love that. I love his whole gimmick. Um, I, I loved the finish of this. Like, JXT goes for a little springboard deal. Jackson Kelly gets out of the way and the big boot to the side of the head and he gets the knockout. Like, I thought it was fantastic. Um yeah, and this the only thing that shocked me was that JXT didn't win. Like, first time watching it, it seems like, oh, they're putting a lot of focus, especially with the first segment of this entire series, to be on JXT. But he's going to lose straight away. But then you think about it, and it's like, oh, this kind of makes sense for the story they're trying to tell. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought it was a really good opener match. Uh really showcased Jackson Kelly to people who weren't familiar with him before. Uh, next, Lord Mark, and he's got these weird druids with him. Yeah, weird little Darby Allen face paint druids. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the end of all things will come when the Claw has possession of both titles. Yeah, so it's sort of setting up the uh, overarching story here that uh, Lord Mark Williamson's in control of the claw, like this big heel stable, and he's trying to get gain control of both championships so he can bring the end of all things. Yeah, basically Mark Williamson is Thanos, and the Infinity Stones are the underworld titles. And he wants to snap all the... <laughs> there you go. He wants to snap all of the Avengers, like uh, Carlo Cannon and JXT, out of existence. Fair enough. Uh, second match was uh, Slade Mercer on zero defeats Slickback Cash on zero via submission to gain two points. Fun little match, I thought. Yeah, um, Slickback Cash, the, isn't that, um, what's his name? Kaz Jordan or something? It did look like him. I didn't check. Yeah, pretty sure it's him. Um, and he's doing this whole, like, kind of 70s kung fu gimmick, but he's not actually good at the kung fu. I like it. (laughs) I like it. And every time someone says his name, like there's this like little music loop that plays. Very funny. Yeah, it is Kaz Jordan. Yeah, and uh, Slade Mercer just looks like a star here. Yeah. I I, I just don't get how no major promotions have really pulled the trigger on, you know, bringing him in. Uh, I, I understand that he's had some pretty good runs in all Japan pro wrestling, but no offense. All Japan's not really what it used to be. I'd love to see him get a good run in like either a new Japan or like a major North American promotion. I think he would kill it. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to agree there too. Um, following that, there was a JXT promo saying next time he's going to be ready. 
did you catch anything else of note from JXT? Um, was there something I was meant to catch? No, I just wasn't sure if there was anything else in here nah, that I didn't really touch on. No, nah, I'm going easy on the JXT talk today. I sort of uh, made you believe this was the reason why I picked the show, but it's not really. I sort of just picked it because I love the concept. Um, JXT was fantastic in his role, though. Just, uh, just you know, they sort of portray him as the ultimate sort of pro wrestler style and he's going to try to adapt to this fight club sort of style. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, following that was another singles match, this time in the women's division. Vixen on two points defeats Talia Rose on zero points by submission to gain two more points and put her in title contention. Yeah, um, my my biggest gripe is that the the whole only four points for a shot at the title thing for the women seems a bit slack, to be honest. Like, yeah. especially especially when you're making up everyone's points coming into this. Like, you could just make it eight, you know, and then Vixen starts on six. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose their reasoning for it, which I did say mention a couple of times, was that the women's division had fewer competitors. Yeah. So it was like half the the um, size, so they only need half the people. Yeah, I get that, but, you know, four points isn't really that hard to tally up. Like... We we see that in uh, in episode two that someone pretty much racks that up in one match. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. Um, following that, an Uncle Pitbull promo. All right. Shall shall we have a chat about old Uncle Pitbull? Yeah, go on. Um. So the first time I watched this. He might have been my favourite character coming out of this whole series. I just found him so endearing. Uh, the obvious, like, Chopper Reed-style gimmick he portrays, like, yeah. And it's not just, like, Chopper Reed. It's, like, the Ronnie John's half-hour version of oh, Chopper God. Reed. <laughs> it's, like, that version. It's, like, oh, bloody hello, kids, yeah, old Uncle Ch- Uncle Chop Chop here, kids. I got um, yeah, that sort of style. Uh, it's really hard to do that impression without swearing, so I was being nice, but yeah, there's like this heavy, like Chopper Reed influence in his promo style, and I, I find it very entertaining. So then I'm re watching it for, for this review, and I was like, oh, am I just Give him a Google search. I, I Google search people that are wrestling while I watch him sometimes. Uh, old Uncle Pitbull's been busy over this pandemic. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, daily, DailyMail.co.uk reports... Exclusive leaders of the anti-lockdown protest in Melbourne revealed 
how a pro wrestler, a reality TV star, and a glam businesswoman and a Christian bishop joined forces to lead wild rallies against COVID-19 restrictions. And it says here, uh, and this irks me as well, a WWE-style pro wrestler and a former Channel 9 reality show contestant led a wild anti-lockdown protest in Melbourne on Sunday. So this was on the 11th of May, early pandemic times. Um, it has a little thing here. <laughs> Among the cast of colourful characters arrested at the weekend were Craig Cole, best known as the Pitbull from Warzone Wrestling, and and blah, 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 some reality contestant. Both spoke at the rally prior to their arrest, with Cole suffering a cut to his forehead during the fracas with police. And the reality person hauled away by officers. Does it say Uh, what reality person it was? uh, Her name was Phanos Panayides. Uh, I don't even know if that's a male or a female name. Oh, no, that's a male. Sorry. So it was, Does it say what it? show? Uh, family Food Fight on Channel 9, a short-lived reality show program. Uh, that does not sound interesting. Uh, thank God it was none of my Australian Survivor favourites. <laughs> oh, no. Poor yeah. People. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've seen on Twitter people speculating that um, that there's a, there's a heavy rumor that Craig Cole actually bladed himself. That's what the cut was. Like, like this is serious rumor. Um, he had some Facebook group that he was running where he just fired up a lot of people and tried to start this stuff. A whole anti-lockdown community. Uh, just one of those guys that's just like, yeah, COVID isn't real. It's all a hoax, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so then I lost my love for Pipple, Craig Cole. Oh, no. Yeah. But I will talk about him from what I see on the screen during this review because what I see on the screen during this show is quite an entertaining character. Apparently off-screen is a bit of a ignoramus, but I wouldn't say that to his face, and I hope he doesn't hear this, because he'll probably bash me. <laughs> the views of Alex Fruitbox Williams do not represent Russell Osdall or Chris Hogg. The views of Alex Fruitbox Williams do not represent the views of Alex Fruitbox Williams. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, Toy. <laughs> Backstage Pitbull promo, we get a singles match Pitbull on four points versus Campbell Crawford on zero, where Pitbull wins by knockout, moving to six points. Yeah, I I love the thing that Pitbull does in this match where, like, he tries to get uh, Camby to, like, hit him in the face, but it's like, oh, good, but you can go again, come on. Oh, that's better. Yeah, yeah. Go again. Go again. Uh, I think my... Just uh, winding him up. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, begging him to hit him and stuff. But by the end of this show, 
feel like like this episode in particular, by the end of this episode, I feel like we saw him do that spot with like three people. So it was good at first, but then you just get over it. And it's just like, okay, you just say the exact same thing every time. Good, good, yeah. But I think you could do better. Oh, I man. think I think my pitbull impression's pretty spot on, by the way. <laughs> oh man. Uh following that was a Avery promo backstage talking up her big championship match later tonight with Erica Reed, which leads to Lord Mark Williamson in the ring to introduce Erica Reed for the women's championship match. Erica is on six, she's a champion, versus Avery, who was on four, but has cashed in all her points for tonight. Um, it's a no DQ match, which sees a spot that a certain Viper would steal later on. Yes, yes, the old um, the old gauge spot, the ears spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's like what just after this episode gets released. Like a month later, Randy Orton does that spot with Jeff Hardy. Yeah, a month or two after, probably. Yeah. So, I like to think that Randy Orton's been sitting at home watching his Avery matches. Yeah, that'd be a, an odd mixed match challenge tag team, the Viper and the Bin Chicken. Yeah, I, I want some watch-along commentary from him. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I like to think he just watched this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> and next thing you know, Randy Orton's got another match with Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre hits Randy Orton in the face. Randy Orton no-sells and goes, Good! Good! I think you could do better, though. Come on! <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty... Hard-hitting plunder sort of match. Um, eventually, Erica Reed gets a win here to uh, gets a win here by pinfall to gain another point. So she moves to seven, even though she's still the champion. Avery goes down to zero points. Uh, post-match, Vixen, who's now on four, runs down to challenge Erica Reed for a later date. And following that, Gino Gambino storms the ring. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, old Gino, eh? Yeah, I'm not going to say too much on it other than um, Justine has commented on some of the stuff that was said to her. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I'm not too aware of this. I'll fill you in off air, but she did comment uh, publicly that some of the stuff said to her she wasn't told in advance. Oh, dear. Yeah. Just to say the least, he said some derogatory stuff. I was watching it, thinking it was an angle that maybe everyone was sort of filled in, knowing that she wasn't filled in. Not cool, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's sort of stock standard. He's complaining that, why well, wasn't I invited to this thing? And then Lord Malcoy says, come on, come backstage, I'll give you what you want. Yeah, maybe he should have just asked. <laughs> Wasn't yes. that hard for him to get it? Seems that way. Yeah. 
Uh, following that was another singles match, Mitch Waterman on zero with Benny English as his manager versus Gwok. Yeah, Gwok. Um, they also called him Zan Wen or something. Um, Chinese heritage, I believe. And just a massive mountain of muscle this dude is. Like, obviously going to have a good upside to him in the future. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, So this is a match where Gwok sort of has the win and Benny English is telling him, no, no, don't pin Mitch yet. It's almost time up. Go the 10 minutes. So they go to the 10-minute limit draw. The floodgate opens. Um, old Jackson Kelly runs down. The referee's distracted, doesn't see Jackson on the apron. Pitbull comes down, throws Kelly off the apron, calls the referee. Referee sees Pitbull, allows him in the ring. So there's now three-way Pitbull on six versus Waterman on zero versus Guac on zero, where Pitbull wins by a knockout to gain two points over Waterman. Uh, Pitbull yeah. moves to eight. He's now in championship con- championship contention. Also, uh, Guac hit Pitbull, and Pitbull said, "Yeah, good." <laughs> just in case, just in case y'all were wondering. <laughs> Jeez, this is going to be just like the last show where you say something ten times and people are drunk by the end of it. <laughs> I, I rate that episode, by the way. I, I listened to it back. Some good stuff. It's some good stuff. Go um, back and listen to our over-the-top review if you haven't heard it. Even if you haven't watched a bloody movie, have a listen to it. Oh, yeah. Um, main event of Underworld 1 is the men's championship match. Carlo Cannon on 12 points, the champion, is versing Sid Parker on 8, cashing in all his points, representing the claw. Although, Sid <laughs> gets in... Andy's face when being introduced representing the claw, tells him he's not, gets in Mark Williams' face, tells him he does what he wants, and it pretty much costs Sid the match because Carlo wins for a knockout to gain two more points. Not much logic in Sid's actions. He's a dinosaur. Yeah. Dinosaurs aren't really that logical. No. Hell of a match, though. <laughs> yeah. Um... So post-show, Carlo's like addressing the crowd, confronted by... Who's he confronted by, Alex? Uh, Pitbull. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to try to make a joke, but no, it was just Pitbull again. Yeah. Oh, man. Three doses of Pitbull. Well, four, actually, if you include the backstage vignette. Yeah, exactly. And... Uh, a s- strikes get exchanged again. <laughs> and good, yeah, yeah, good happens again. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so that's sort of the end of uh, episode one, setting up uh, where it looks like Vixen's going to challenge Erica Reed for the women's title and um, Pitbull's going to challenge Carlo Cannon for the men's championship on episode two. Um yeah, should we just get straight into episode two from there? Yeah, definitely. So this is two months later, the 17th of August, 2018. And we open 
with an empty arena as Carlo Cannon lays down the men's championship in the center of the ring. And then we cut to like a new intro graphics package. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I probably would have seen this on social media at the time, which would have made sense. Watching this back and especially binge watching the first two episodes. It is very jarring the first half hour of this show where it's sort of hinted that something's going on, but not fully addressed by anyone in a position of power. Yeah. Or the champ themselves. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so it starts off with a singles match, Sam Cannon on zero versus Slade Mercer on two, which goes to the 10-minute time limit draw. Uh, next competitor out of the floodgates was Fox, who's also on zero, but ends up with Slade Mercer on two, defeating Fox on zero via submission to gain two more points. Um, after that, we see a Carlo Cannon promo saying that he's injured his arm, I believe it was, saying that he'll yeah. return even though the claw is stripping even though Underworld is stripping him of all his championship points. Yeah, that that's a bit cruel, isn't it? Strip all of his points. Come on. Yeah, I'm not not really sure if they alluded to why, like if a championship can't a champion can't defend, he has to relinquish the title and his points. Yeah, they, they, I I can't remember. I'm sure they probably just explain it in later episodes as the claw being evil. Yeah, that's what I sort of took it as to mean here as well. Uh, Following that was a singles match. Gino Gambino defeating Andy Roy by knockout. Um, Both men were on zero. Gino gains two additional points here. Yeah, um... I actually enjoy watching Gino Gambino squash people. It's very fun. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, This was confusing for episode two, I thought. A four-way elimination women's match. But before the match, they have the two referees backstage reading the rule book and reading it aloud so everyone knows what's going on. Did you catch catch all of this in one go? No, no, I didn't. So it's four competitors. Um, The floodgates are locked. After a pinfall submission or knockout, that person who scores the pinfall submission or knockout gets points. The person who was pin submitted or knocked out is eliminated and must return to the um, locker room. Does any of that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, kind of. But... But this was just, uh, I don't know, unnecessary. Like, let's just say episode one, Avery cashed in on six points instead of four. They wouldn't need to do this whole thing to get her back into title contention. Then she would only need to be one person to get possibly two points to get back into the title contention because she would have only cashed in four. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, boy. But instead you beat, like, three of your women get beat in a small women's division. 
not really that helpful. No, not particularly. So Avery on zero after cashing in last episode defeats Bianca on zero, Izzy Shaw on zero, and Talia Rose on zero. Eliminations were Talia Rose eliminate Bianca via pinfall, so Talia is now on one. Avery eliminates Talia Rose by knockout to gain two points, so Talia's on one, Avery's on two, and Avery eliminates Izzy Shaw via submission to gain two points, meaning Talia Rose is on one and Avery's on four, putting Avery back into title contention. Yeah, also, it seems kind of silly that the person that comes, like, basically second in this elimination match... Oh, yeah. That was weird. Yeah. Like, they should have just been like, oh, you know, the further along you progress, you get a point. Yeah, that would make more sense. But if you you lose, you lose your point. Or, like, if you get pinned... So then, yeah, I don't know. That actually yeah. doesn't make sense. Ignore that part. No, but, like, I see what you mean. Like, if you get the elimination, you get points, and after each elimination, you get another point. Yeah. But you've got to be the last person standing to claim those points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I didn't get why this needed to happen, especially on episode two, especially when you've just had a champion uh, vacated and... You're trying to build up this women's division. Also, like, take into account, like, the first time I watched this a couple of years ago, like, I only knew, like, the MCW people out of this show and the people I'd seen live, which was a small amount. So, as far as the women's division is concerned, I knew three women. Avery, Erica Reed, and Vixen. Because I'd seen all three of those people live before. Yeah. Uh, so you bring in these three women, I have no idea who they are, and they all just get beat. Like, so how am I ever going to take these people as threats going forward? Like, oh, wow, Taylor Rose got a point. What did she do? What did she do? She got beat. She yeah. got knocked out immediately after getting a pinfall. Like, yeah, it did nothing for the other three women in this match. Although we do love it when Avery gets pushed to the moon. Uh, following that was Jackson Kelly promo saying how he'll win later tonight to put himself in title contention, saying the pitbull cost him last episode, uh, which goes to the singles match of Jackson Kelly on six, defeating. Simon Oath on zero by knockout to gain two points and put himself in title contention. Uh, what did you think of that match? Yeah, old Simon Oath uh, just came out of the pub, got a phone call from Underworld Wrestling and following in his father's footsteps, following in Ken Oath's footsteps. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, I like the story there, to be honest. Um, Simon Oath reminds me of everyone I know that hangs out at the pub in our hometown, Chris. Um, There's definitely a lot of Rutherglenian in him. Um, (laughs) What's that? You need me to play Rezzy's tomorrow? 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's exactly how I started playing footy is I just sort of stumbled out of the pub and the seconds coach was there. Oh, you fill in? Never played uh, Never played footy past Oz kicking my whole life, mate. That's all right. You play, I'll buy, I'll buy a few beers now if you come play tomorrow. All righty. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do it. And that is how <laughs> young Fruity broke his leg. <laughs> I can't. No. Yeah, you're not far off, though. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so Jackson Kelly celebrating confronted by Pitbull, who storms down the room. Both men are on eight. Pitbull saying, well, the championship's vacant. You've got eight. I've got eight. Let's fight for it. Jackson Kelly goes, nah, it'll be on my time. So he's faking that he's leaving. Pitbull's still in the ring, you know, sort of posing to the crowd to end the show. But Jackson Kelly runs back down and attacks Pitbull, and we have a championship match in the surprise main event for the vacant men's championship. Pitbull on eight versus Jackson Kelly on eight. Um, what do you think of this match? Yeah, good. Good, yeah, good. Come on. <laughs> um, we obviously got that spot again. Um, it's fine in small doses, just not three times in one night with three different people. Um, yeah, I, I thought these two actually had a pretty decent little match. Um, Pitbull's actually really good. He's a really good wrestler. Um, I I wouldn't even know. Like this guy could be either like late thirties or like late fifties for all I know. Um, he has like both sort of vibes, but like this guy's like he seems grizzled and you know he. Gets in there, is hard-hitting. Jackson Kelly's fantastic. That's a genuine future of prospect for major companies if they ever decide to have a look at him as well. Uh, these two had a great match, I thought. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I thought this was... I thought this was definitely the standout match from night two. Yeah, yeah. No, not that hard, to be honest. Yeah. Um... Wow. Not too, like, they're using better graphics. They're using a replay feature that they weren't using in the first one. They're doing full entrances rather than just cutting to the ring with no music. It's a bit chalk and cheese when watching back-to-back. Yeah. Um, did you find that as well? Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. Did you watch this on Amazon Prime? Yes, I did, sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I swear to God, when I first watched this a couple of years ago, some of the out of the ring stuff didn't happen. Like, um, Pitbull's promo in the first episode, never saw that before. Um, the second JXT promo backstage, I never saw that one before. I swear to God, they've added to it. Which one did you watch on initially, YouTube or Prime? Um, it might have been YouTube, but I've watched the full season before, so I definitely would have watched it all on Prime. Okay. Um, I remember one 
was a shorter edition and one had the little bit extra put in it because the first episode's a little bit over an hour. Yeah, because I don't remember the first episode being that long. So maybe that's just what happened. Yeah, so I suppose do you have a match of the night before we go to a beer rating? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to... I'm going to have to give it to Avery and Erica, right? Yeah, that's where I was going as well. Yeah. Like, in the end, it's like kind of a hugely influential match. Yeah, especially on uh, Jeff Hardy's career. Look at how many times recently he's had stuff put in his ear. Yeah, I watched uh, something, like some WWE Network thing the other day where he's like, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to stop doing the thing with my gauge. My ear, my ear is getting, getting in all sorts of trouble at the moment. Uh, every time we do something like that, my, my ear starts to rip a little bit. It's like, oh, dude, no one's asking you to do it, so stop it. Someone's asking him to do it. <laughs> It's, you know it's Jeff Hardy. You know it's all his idea. This dude. What, you just... mean peroxygen? Peroxygen, yeah. Um, yeah. This is the dude that just like swantons the back of his head onto steel steps on Raw for no reason. So this is a dude who uses a weed whacker and calls himself Itchweed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about uh... Willow? Yeah, so thanks, Erica and Avery, for sending us on that tangent. <laughs> Needs more bin chicken. Exactly. Needs uh, more Dreamtime Voodoo Witch. Ooh, yes. We need a lot more of her in, like, the major Australian promotions. Yeah. Oh, no, I haven't seen Darwin announce if they're starting back up, but I've seen them put out, I think, one or two documentaries. Like, I would love it if some of these guys, like, an Erica Reed or, like, even, like, a Carlo Cannon or a Slade Mercer just showed up in PWA for a show. Oh, that's what we forgot to talk about. Poor old Carlo. So this was, um, this was the year he injured his arm. He came back, and then last year when he was, what was it? BCW cha- uh, Tag Team Champions with Ken Shamrock. He yes. broke his leg. Yeah, yeah. The dude's so unlucky. And it's just crazy because he's so, so freaking talented. And, yeah, you know, I, I've got a connection with him. He's, he's another half Filipino, half Australian sort of brethren. So. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I think oh. he might be a little bit more Filipino than me, but that's just because I was raised in Rutherglen. <laughs> that sucked all the culture out of me. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that off the air. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying yeah. to think who else. Isn't Davis part uh, Filipino? Yes, him as well, yeah. And um, I- I'm in some good company. Maybe Aisha? From PCW in Melbourne? You know more about her than me, but just by looking at her, I kind of feel it. I can kind of tell, but 
there's also other Asian countries that, you know, from a distance we sort of look similar to sometimes. Um, yeah. Um, anyhow. <laughs> that wasn't a cancelable thing. <laughs> yes, Don't cancel me. That. <laughs> I could say it, yeah. It's not it's not the countries you think I would be referring to. Like there's like yeah, we have very similar features to like your Thailand or your Indonesians or your Vietnamesees at some point. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah. Um Yeah. It'd be it'd be interesting to see like if Ah. Uh... Like everything was going so well for the Queensland scene, and then that <laughs> it just stopped, and the company like either closed down or so. There's that uh, Darwin's but... on pause at the moment. Well, there's rumours that uh, what's that promotion near you? Oh, Wide Bay. Bay? Yeah, yeah rumours that that's going to start amping up. Oh yeah. Um... Big show in February. I'm not sure if I'm going to it or yet or not. You have to. <laughs> I've been told I have to. Uh, I would imagine that there's a few porpoises out there that have told you to go. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, you have to. We have to do, you and I, for 2021, have to at least, before the midway point of the year, have to do a full live report not like re report live but like a report from being at a live Australian wrestling show ooh that's Although a could, for the year is it yeah uh, I could I could do an actual live report but the sound quality might be a bit bad ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well um, yeah never know see what's on offer uh, yeah that being said, is there anything else to touch on for Underworld, or as they put it, underground wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> Unique title opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, th I think this is fun. Um, I do remember the ending of this series being rather underwhelming. Uh, yeah, underwhelming. Um, but I think this is a fun thing to go back and watch. It's only like seven episodes, so if you've got Amazon Prime, check it out. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably go and watch it on. Um, yeah, do it. Do it. I know Mark Williamson did a podcast talking about the, um, like the aftermath of um, underworld with the on the turnbuckle guys earlier this oh, year. Okay. Um, yeah, if you haven't listened to that one, go give that one a listen after you watch the series. It's a it's a good insight of to what actually happens. Is there any talk of underworld? What well, at least when he did the interview, was there any point? Uh, uh, any talk of underworld coming back? Um. I think he said he was done with it, as far as I could remember. Yeah. End of all things, I guess. 
Yes, indeed. Ah, oh, man. Uh, oh, I suppose I can pull up. Yeah, I'll shake you well. Yeah, not really much left to go, Alex. Um, Friday the 11th, we'll see a Fruity's Ultimate Game Show. Monday the 14th, we'll see Aussie and Kiwi Wrestling from November 2020 before Friday the 18th, we'll see our block, Best of the Super Juniors and Super J-Cup. Wow, we're almost done for the year. Yeah, crazy. Um, I really need to pull my finger out and finish writing my Fruity's Ultimate Game Show. I've been pretty... Pretty slack on that this past week or so, to be honest. Hit writer's block, as they say. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And not only all that stuff we got coming out, coming out, like bravo to you, Concer. You got us all caught up to date, and there was a massive, uh, as my friend said uh, the other day, huge content dump from his favourite podcast. Uh, Ooh, uh thank you <laughs> yeah yeah um we ranked like you know how spotify at the end of the year has like your favorite artists and all that yeah uh, we we finished like fourth or fifth in his top podcast of the year and he only listens to podcasts on spotify so thank you sir Ooh, um thank you kind listener if we have any more listeners that we finished in the top five for we'll Send us a screenshot to our Instagram or our Twitter or our Facebook, Wrestling Ozstyle for Facebook, at Wrestle Ozstyle with an AUS for Facebook or uh, for Instagram or Twitter. But yeah, we dropped what? How many episodes last week? Seven. Seven episodes last week. And honestly, some of our best episodes yet. <laughs> I don't really go back and listen to too much of our stuff because I find my own voice really cringy. But <laughs> I, I go back and listen to all the Fruity's Ultimate Game shows so I can get ideas of how to counter book you sometimes. <laughs> hmm. Seems like Chris is building up for a hell in a cell. Here, have that a month early. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea, actually. Um, it was a good idea on your end it was a pain in the ass on my end <laughs> um, yeah it's just like uh, I I went back and listened to the two Fruity's Ultimate Game Show episodes that dropped last week and the over the top review uh, I thought they were all fantastic episodes um, and I even heard back from friend of the show Warwick Thompson he said it was uh all around the best fantasy booking you and I have done the whole thing for the past two episodes. Like that was peak of our fantasy booking. Oh no, it's all going to be downhill from here. <laughs> no, he says we're on a bit of a roll at the moment. Um, so yeah, plenty of good things to come in that I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, this is fun as always. Yeah, it's always good fun. Um, please go to Prime Video, Amazon Prime. Check yeah. out Underworld Wrestling. Like, support the support the local scene, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then once you've done that, 
you can go and leave some feedback for our Christmas holiday show. Oh, please do that. I'd love to hear some of your voices. Yeah, and if you don't want to do that, you can just send Alex a anonymous message like we did with, what was it? Signed to Fantasy Book with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, please um, send in feedback or else I'm going to have to work my magic again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, anyway, you can listen back to the entire Wrestling All-Star archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, good, good. Oh, could be better. Nah, good, good, yeah.